Oh shit, tapeheads. Are you ready to go back in time? How far back? Way back to 1999. <laughs> I hope you downloaded all these songs on Napster. I hope your mom or dad didn't pick up the phone and disconnect your wonderful connection to the World Wide Web. We, uh, myself, Marty DeRosa, Paul Farvar, are going to go over our very own mixtapes for the year, 1999, a year that Paul says was the greatest year in music. One of the greatest. One of the greatest years in music. Yeah. Really? uh, You know, I kind of... I get excited in the 90s. I think the 90s era, I've said it before, and I will fight anyone who disagrees, was the best era for music. Okay. Well, before we get into that, uh, yes. if you're new to the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, spread the word. We need your help. We're just a, a tiny little uh, pa and pa podcast here. We're not even a ma and pa. We're just a pa and pa. We're music insiders. Two dads. Two boomers. Uh, and by music insider, we're not boomers. Stop. We aren't? I'm a Gen X. Oh, I know. But boomers to most of the people that are listening. Yeah, we're the same. I mean, I'm a Gen X too, but yeah. What's boomer? What qualifies as a boomer then? Your your musical taste <laughs> in most cases, <laughs> as read by the comments. Uh, yeah, people think I'm. Yeah, they think we're in our seventies. Uh, well, me, Paul. What's our uh, email address? Paul Marty wanna... Mix at gmail dot com. Paul Marty Mix at gmail dot com. And uh, we're behind on email, so please be patient. with Be us. patient. Let us know what your 1999 mix is. Um, Absolutely. Right out of the gate, you said you were surprised with my mix. I was shocked. I made a list when I saw the list. First of all, where did you get your list of music for, for this? Because I, I, I've given up on using the mainstream yes. music uh, media. Enemy. I'm still okay. big on Enemy. Um, Wikipedia, actually. Oh, that's a good yeah. call. Yeah, Wikipedia um, and Pitchfork a little bit. I, uh, I found a, a site that has all the songs that came out that charted in any way shape or form and from there i would remember what artists were there for you yeah i there was a lot of what what we call what you call new metal Is sure and new metal sure that year i and was stuff that we've talked about because you know we did the mtv 1999 we did so i told you before we started recording i was i was really considering uh going just real white trash real just Olympus I wanted to say cool. that. I, yeah. yeah, and I and I just said, you know what? I do have I do have a couple on there. I've got I've got some more. I wouldn't I wouldn't categorize it in the same. The stuff that you have on your list is definitely not in the category. I of, have some stuff that you could have maybe seen on stage at the Family Values tour. <laughs> okay, uh, at some point. Um, for me though, I thought my mix is a is a combo of like those fun party songs that you would play, you know, in college or whatever. And then uh, my just my my love for for power pop pop punk I guess yes. you'd call it emo if you want, um, yeah. The the one song that I didn't have on my list I thought for sure there were two songs that I that were the last to get cut mm-hmm. and the only reason I cut them is because I thought you would have them on your list and I was like well what were they I thought you were gonna have a Blink One Eighty Two song. Small I things. thought about it, but I thought these songs were all better. And I also thought uh, you would have Rage Against the Machine. You know, I, I those are the two that I got had cut. thought about it. Alkaline Trio had albums in '98 and 2000, right. so one day we will get an Alkaline Trio song on there, especially if we do it. I also earlier thought year in the you 90s. would have Corn. Uh, no, Incubus. No, Slipknot. Oh no! And I thought to lean into your character, uh, my character, Smash Mouth would come on. Uh. Listen, listen, you've all heard me talk about uh, Smash Mouth uh, blowing Sugar Ray off stage at the Metro and God <laughs> right. knows what year, probably around this time. 
Yeah. Um, but no, that that no no earlier earlier years earlier. What were 96 you? Ninety six or seven. What were you? Uh, what was your memories of nineteen ninety nine? Ninety nine, uh, one of the worst years of my life. Yeah. Uh, living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, going to the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Uh, my sister had passed away in the summer. My mom passed away while I was there. Uh, worst year of my life. Yeah, uh, just a real real bad one. But uh, I do remember music being like one of the things that really uh, helped me through it. And uh, um, I remember specifically. Uh, both the the Get Up Kids CD and the Promise Ring CD uh, in my car, heavy rotation. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just like I would just put on my uh, my Discman and and walk around and uh, yeah. be in a depressing haze. It was. I I would agree. With, I was on the same boat. I, I had lost a couple friends to suicide that year, and there was a. We'll get to the Beth Orton. That was. On uh, on replay for me during that time frame, I was in law school. I was in multiple bands, c- transferring from one band to another. Yeah, uh, one of my my band that I thought was going to take me to the one hit wonder land it was Fat Albert. Up, Shoeshine Boy. Oh, Shoeshine Boy. Okay, broke up and Go Tom. From the ashes of that came Go Tom, which was a party band, and yeah. uh, we'll get into the songs that we covered, some of which are on this uh, list, but. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a different year. Like, do you think that if you if nineteen ninety nine Marty looked at today, would would he see you in this amazing studio <laughs> recording? He'd be very. What's called he, a podcast. He would he would have died to do this. This would have been one Dream of the come true. In ninety nine, I was on a public access wrestling show in Milwaukee called the Pro Wrestling Report, which is still on. Um, so that was that was. Um, you know, I was, yeah. I've always been a wrestling insider besides a music insider. Sure, as you we know. know that. And 99, whoa, baby, red hot for wrestling. ECW, WCW, WWF. It was it was a, a the independence. Oh, what a time to be alive in pro wrestling. <laughs> so I would say at this point, uh, my my love of music and wrestling were, were two of the only things keeping me going. Was, so. co- was comedy something that you thought in 99 would Dude, be on your... check this out. In Milwaukee... Because for me, it wasn't. In Milwaukee, I would watch... So much TV. I mean, I just, I bought all, I think I slipped the cable guy money and I got all the cable channels, one of those deals. But there was a Milwaukee's public access. I'm, I'm sure it might still be like this. And man, if you watch some of the stuff on YouTube, it's like they had this beautiful public access studio slash program where you could go in and do your shows and people would call and they'd be like, oh, it was like a religious show and they'd yeah. be like, you're on Jesus talk. And they'd be like, fuck you. And they'd <laughs> guys come on you know so that you can youtube that it's pretty great but um there was a uh comedy school a comedy class that had an infomercial that i'd always watch and be like well fuck i gotta be better than some of these people that really planted the seed of like i guess stand-up comedy is an option and then years later uh i was dating somebody and she was like my friend's going to do an open mic in chicago and i was like Oh yeah, and so, that friend was Kevin Hart. <laughs> so some of the some of the seeds were planted in '99 for comedy. How long did you live in Milwaukee for? One year. One, okay. One. So that was year. the year that that you '99 into 2000. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, for me, funny you said that. I was trying to start. Uh, in addition to music, I'm a political expert. I was. <laughs> I was trying to start a political show on public access TV here in Chicago with a friend of mine who leans right i leaned left at the time and uh and uh we tried to what do, do you mean a public, at the time at the time well, now your, i'm compl- oh come on you're a big righty I'm now trumpy now Get out of here. <laughs> that would be so funny if you were 
Um, but yeah, I was, I was, I would be shocked that there's this new medium yeah. that we could lean into and yeah. provide our expertise on music to um, the tape heads. Also, in '99, uh, still buying music, still down, you know, downloading, but I'm yeah. also still buying. I felt like if CDs. I really, if I really dug a couple songs from an artist, I was going to go buy that album. See, I always bought the albums because I supported the music industry. Yeah. And uh, all these, all these songs on my list, I had their albums in heavy or their CDs in heavy rotation on my disc man, mm-hmm. on my in my car. I had a 10 disc changer in my Whoa, Nissan three hundred ZX. Dude. Yeah. I knew a guy when I was working at this uh, uh clothing store back at uh, South Lake Mall in uh in Maryville, Indiana. Not to be confused with Sherville, Indiana. Which I confuse often. And uh uh, a guy who was a manager, this was like, remember those stores like Merry Go Round and all? Like oh, Chess yeah. King. I worked at Chess one of those King. stores. I worked at DJ's. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I remember DJ's. Yeah. We had that at Yorktown Mall I worked Lombard. at DJ's. And uh, so basically, they owned, this company owned like five or six stores in the mall. And everyone kind of knew each other. And, uh, and but I was, I was, yeah, I was like 16. And uh, one of the managers bought uh, a, a Nissan 300Z, went to the Ford Heights Mall with it to go work didn't have insurance yet and it got stolen oh no yeah so my car did not get stolen <laughs> but uh it, it was funny because in 1989 i was at the height of my music knowledge and i i was in t- two bands in that year uh, converting from one to another and i my roommate at the time was my guitarist and one of my closest friends and we would just play me we get high and listen to music yeah. and play all these songs, and yeah. we'd go to so many concerts. What was your What was your uh, ninety nine look? I had, uh, I think, at that point, I was doing the Ross cut. I would say, and it was like a okay. modern version of super short. Okay, um, but instead of instead of down in the front, it would be popped up in the in the front. Oh, okay, and uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I was. I was at my top of my game in terms of music. I was on top wow. of everything, and, and I knew music. I could play almost anything yeah. um, on guitar and bass, and uh, I just we just go to concerts every. I remember these bands like G Love and Wilco. I just remember being at at the Vic Theater almost every weekend. Wow, cool. Yeah, I would see Indiana or uh, Mil- Milwaukee had the Paps Theater back then too, right? That's where they the big one were was the the rave, the rave and the Eagles yes. Ballroom. So Eagles it was like ballroom, split. Still there, yeah. Um, sometimes there'd be two different shows going on at once. Um, there's like a I don't know. I'm trying to think if there was a famous uh, there was a famous uh, Limp Biscuit did a concert next to ECW and uh, What's ECW Extreme Championship Wrestling, okay. which was like blood guts smashing through tables and everything very 99 uh it was basically like what pushed everybody more towards like middle finger and yeah, suck yeah, it yeah. and stuff like that but uh <laughs> they were at a place together god could it have been milwaukee i don't even know uh i don't think so but but I, I, my apologies if it's wrong but anyway uh, they were like yo limp biscuit you want to do something and they're like absolutely so uh steve carino uh, who's a, a great wrestler? He um, he went on stage in his full wrestling gear and was like, "This music's crap, and you people are all idiots and all this." And then this other wrestler, Balls Mahoney, who's this big metalhead, came out with a chair and hit him over the head, gave him a concussion, and then for, and then they started playing a song. It was wow. wild. It was actually pretty cool. They just uh, yeah, they covered it on a, a podcast I listened to called Between the Sheets. So uh, they. Well. Uh, 
it was really fun that those those two sort of marriage <laughs> existed. And also, uh, a lot of music, uh, they would play ECW. Uh, the guy didn't care about copyrights and stuff. He would just play, like, there's a wrestler, the Sandman. He came out to Enter Sandman by Metallica. Everyone came out to to popular songs. Uh, Tommy Dreamer came out to Man in a Box. Uh, Raven came out to Keep Them Separated. Like, everybody came came out to popular mostly metal songs this is the ecw yeah yeah it was it was wild so there we go i uh yeah i i i didn't i didn't listen to i didn't watch any of that but yes. in champagne i was living in champagne during this time frame um this is like internet for me this is the first year that i like leaned into the internet yeah i mean i know i was on the i had email and everything two years before but none of this i remember this was the first year that i had like decent internet at home because i had the like through my college it was like i think you got like a cd-rom or something and you got like kind of the college hookup so helped with napster helped with all that stuff yes but here we are music and here we are so you want to go first uh let's fire through these yeah let me uh i don't want to get that i want to turn off my sound again i don't know why that happened i'll start off then yeah you go ahead you song number one uh, and again, I've told the story on the podcast. I originally heard of this artist by going to uh, Atomic Records, which is no longer in business, unfortunately, in Milwaukee. Uh, they have since closed. I did a Google search the other day. Before we get into that, yeah. I, I texted you this. I met the found the daughter of the founder of Rose Records. Wow. Remember? I, t- I texted you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. On, uh, on yeah. a dating app. And I was like, holy shit. This That's is cool. the coolest thing. And, and I heard the whole history. They had a pretty bad breakup with the family on the wow. Rose Records stuff. But So uh, they anyway. were handing out uh, these. And I, I always check eBay to see if, it, if, it, if I can even just see a photo of it. Uh, these styrofoam VHS cassettes that had the video for this song, Eminem, My Name Is... I mean, was your mind, I mean, not mind blown away, but like when you first saw this, were you like, oh, okay. Like the did the music, the young music insider in your brain go, oh yeah, this is going to be popular. So no, I, I thought, I thought uh, rap was a fad in the early nineties. I was like, this is going to go away. I did not lean into rap or hip hop. Until Lauren Hill came out, we've talked about that a lot, um, which was just before this. Eminem, I thought was a joke because of this song. I didn't, I didn't take it seriously because yeah. I was like, until later, later I started to appreciate Eminem. But this time I was like, this guy's just kind of like a, he's like a rap version of Weird Al Yankovic. See, I, and you'll 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 notice I kind of bookmarked my mix with two sort of like silly yes, party rap songs. And I mean, I just thought like this was the next step in the beastie boys you know what i mean i think there's just like i think there's a place See, for like party too. rap yeah like rap you right. play at at parties uh that are just like you know it's it's politically incorrect <laughs> and it's you know it's just fun and and when i saw this i was like oh shit I, I knew I'm like this guy this is going to be big but by this time Beastie Boys had kind of started to they were yes. playing their own instruments they were yes. they were check your head had come out yes so I thought that's where things were going I thought everyone was going away from this but and then when I heard out and when I did my research and, I, and they were like yeah he's like Dr. Dre is protege I was like stamp of approval like oh, yeah. I'm like this is this is I, I knew it was like when you see a good wrestler you know what I mean you're watching wrestling and you see a good young wrestler and you're like 
this dude's going somewhere. That's <laughs> that's how I felt with Eminem. Were there before we get into the talk? What were the songs that didn't make your list? Because I, I talked about the stuff, the two that didn't make mine. Oh, I mean, I was going to be silly and have like Nicki yeah. and, and. Oh, you were. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. I, you know Which you I still think that. is like. I mean, I'd rather hear Nookie than a lot of songs that were, you know, probably like I liked more in 99, but as far as like a piece of history and just like a good song. I mean, but, it's just like there's something about some of those new metal songs that are like, this is a fun song. Well, what about with Eminem, though? Like I noticed here for your list, yeah. you picked a lot of the songs that were well known yes. by the artist. Yeah. For me, that was a hard decision because I listened. This is this is the time of CDs, yeah. And uh, I didn't pick the on mine. I didn't pick a lot of the songs. Uh, some of them I did, but some of them I picked like the deep cuts on the albums. For me, these are the songs that I listened to. Got it. So I'm in my. Uh, let's see. That would have been my That would have been my '89 Thunderbird. I was driving around <laughs> at the time. What color was it? Uh, oh no no! I'm sorry. I had totaled that by now. By that point, uh, <laughs> I hit a semi. Uh, but that's another story for another Did you have a lawyer. Uh, yeah, I had to get a Oh yeah, I had to get a lawyer. Um, but uh, in '99, I was rocking a Ford Taurus. Oh yeah, baby. What color was Gr- it? Green, just ugly, <laughs> just an ugly green Ford Taurus. So, uh, and I had the you know the, that portable CD player was my fucking. Oh, lifeline. you put it on the top? Uh, no, no, no. I I had it where you put in the cassette. Oh yeah yeah and then yeah you yeah can yeah. Play it. Right, but you had to you had to put it on the top so it wouldn't shake or anything mm, on the dash or no. I would either um I had a long cord. Put, I I would put a towel down and then set it in between <laughs> like the gear shift, you know, and yeah. the, um to do that or whatever. Okay. Um so yeah, and these are just the songs that like I would play cuz I would drive back and forth from Indiana to Milwaukee quite a bit. Uh yeah. you know, can't miss some of those good parties and uh these were just the songs. So that was number one for me. And uh, let's hear number one for you. Okay. So this is probably what I consider one of the greatest albums of all time. This is Nothing's Ever Gonna Stand in My Way by Wilco. Right out of the gates, they, he, here, Jeff Tweedy. I love songs that start like that. There's yeah. All, I was in a band called Go Tom that was covering this, and it was so hard to just get us all on the same page to do this song. But I just remember playing. God, I wish I remember what I played on this song. If I Is this the album before Yankee Hotel? Yes. Or not Yankee. This is with Jay Bennett. Yeah. This is before Yankee Fox. Is this Rock. for you, like, peak Wilco? For me, this is the best Wilco album. Yeah. Uh, it was after AM. And, uh, you know, this was a period of time where he started, uh, Tweety started to veer away from the alt country sound and just be more straight up rock. And this album had so many amazing songs on it. And uh, a lot of it is to to Jay Bennett's credit. I know that they had a nasty breakup and and rest in peace, Jay Bennett. But man, you could, you can hear his multi-instrumental influences on all these songs. And, uh, Seeing them in concert in November, they used to have a Thanksgiving show in the Vic Theater every year, and I remember the concerts were amazing. Yeah, seeing Wilco in concert, life changer. Back then, especially, they were playing at the Vic. Yeah, it wasn't even sold out. I think we got tickets a day of the. That might be wrong. Like don't. you said, there's like a wall of sound with this. Yeah, where you're just like, oh, okay, here we go, and it just sounds so 
layered and like there's so, so much layered. going on and it's one of those where i listened to it a couple times at home and because like i said with a lot of wilco songs after a little while i'm like oh yeah this is the Wil- this is like yeah I, I couldn't have named you this song for the life of me but once i heard it i was like oh yeah this is a great song and when i had my headphones on listening to it <sighs> so many it was even better going to your dickie barrett quote like this is something this album had so much going on yeah and at the time they weren't uh I think Coomer was the drummer. They didn't have the multi instruments they have now on stage where they mm-hmm. have like all those people. So a lot of this stuff you couldn't play live the way yeah. that the studio album is, but like she's a jar, all these songs there's, there's not a bad song on this album. Watching the Wilco documentary. It's like you For hear Yuki Fox, right? Yeah. You hear all these different versions of these songs and it's like, I want to hear all of them. All of them. I want to hear every version of these because clearly there were multiple versions of these songs. Well, the the Summer Teeth for sure, but on that album too, Yankee Foxtrot, there are versions of songs on that that will be unleashed. You know, when they do their twenty year anniversary yeah. or whatever, that are probably going to blow our minds. Because in that in um, is that documentary called? I'm trying to break. Your I'm heart. trying to break your heart. So yeah. in I'm trying to break your heart. They're in Highly the studio. If you haven't seen it, they're in the studio. And they would be like, you'd hear a song, and I, that album, I I wore that album out before I saw the documentary, so, so I know I knew all the songs going into it. You know, it's like you go to a concert and you're like, I know, like the opening band, you're like, I have I have their CD, I know all these songs. Like this is gonna be great. Versus just kind of being like, well, this all sounds good. Yeah. So going into that documentary, all those songs I knew front and back, and seeing it, and they're you're hearing these early versions of these songs, and some of them I'm like, oh shit, I want I want that version. Yeah. That's a better version. I was the same way. That's funny you say that. Like we, yeah. we agree. Like there were there were versions that, and and the funny thing about that album is, and and there's a book about it too. But um, Jay Bennett, what's the book? Who uh, who wrote it? Or I, I think it's a Wil- it's called the Wilco book. Oh, okay, but okay. I could be wrong. There's multiple versions of what happened, but that album. That version, and if yep. you go see them live, it's a different version than yeah. the album. Yeah, because so you Faster, do get to hear louder yeah, because that's heavier. Jay Bennett. Jay yeah. Bennett was the mix was on the masters on that one. And my that's what I've heard. If I'm I wrong, let us know. I don't think the documentary did him any favors. No, but I mean, you watch He's a tortured it. Soul. He you was. watch it, and it's the same thing with Metallica with uh, uh, Bob Rock and Lars versus James Hetfield, where it's like, these guys are just maniacs who just want to make music yeah. 24 hours a day in the studio, never go out. Um, by the way, did you watch that Bob Rock interview that I sent you from no. Gibson TV? No. So Gibson TV is on YouTube. Uh, the Gibson, the guitar manufacturer. You sent me two different... Dude. Uh, Lane Staley. No, not Lane Staley. Um, the live guy. No, no, no. No, the guy from uh, Jerry Cantrell. Jerry uh, the live one. Oh, I think you're saying the lie, like the band live. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jerry Cantrell from uh, Alice in Chains, and both he and um, uh, who's the uh, uh, who's the first guy that I sent you? The who? What are we talking about? How did I just lose my thought here? We're talking about Wilco. Um, oh, Bob Rock, the producer, produced Metallica, produced all oh, these right, giant right, right. bands, and um, he was talking about you know like sometimes he'd be with these bands and he would just be like, you know, it's kind of, it's telling like, this is shit. Like, you know, and it was like, but you watch these, these people who are like, no, no, I, I will fight you about this, you know, cause like There's this song some, has to be this way. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a person who's been in the studio, both as a producer, both as a, as a musician, there are certain things that you are, we call uh die on the sword for that. You're like, yeah. you can't change that part. And you can't change. You need to have this thing. I remember for the album Shoeshine Boy, we had we'd have that situation, and 
the producer would just walk out and let us fight it out. Yeah, I mean, that was like the thing where uh, Bob Rock, and it, it, like in wrestling, they have these, they're just called shoot interviews. Basically, you just sit there and it's your whole career from start to finish. How'd you get into music? Okay, well, how'd you get into when first music? Right. And he was basically just like in this, you know, kind of punkish new wave type of band and they were fine. And then it was just kind of like, I think I know how to do this, you know? And then people were like, I think for the, his band's like first album, they were like, uh, yeah, this sounds great. Like this song or whatever. He was like doing radio jingles or commercials or something. And then in, in between takes, they did this song and they were like, this sounds great. And then he started being a producer or whatever. But it is interesting that the, cause that, and that going to Napster too, 99 sticking with the topic, a lot of those songs on Napster, and that's why Metallica had a problem with Napster. Yeah. It's like, you're getting early versions of songs and there's like a, there's a, an old Napster version of and the a, sound versions would be bad too. Yeah. That's Alkaline a, trio blue in the face. It's a slow song. I love that song, but the fast version on yeah. YouTube still it's on YouTube that I downloaded on Napster. It's like, I think it's such a better song. So the funny, we talk about that. I just finished the Ben folds book. Um, uh, yeah, I see it right there. It's right on top. I dream about lightning bugs is what it's called. He talks about being in that era with mm-hmm. uh, with the Napster, yeah. and how he was like, I don't, I don't know why people are fighting for this. It doesn't affect our yeah. bottom line. And he, yeah. the interesting thing about that is there was a guy who used to follow them and record all their stuff, and their manager was going to go after him. Mm-hmm. Ben Folds like, ah, oh, let the kid, let the kid record it. And then this guy was like a super Ben Folds fan. Yeah, and then uh, he'd come backstage and everything, and then he'd met him. And that person was John Mayer. What? John Mayer was a Ben Folds. And then later Ben opens for him. It's a great book. Uh, Speaking of John Mayer, my next song. Just kidding. Um, But no, but Wilco. I want to run through the walls of my house. He had an album that came out in 1999. And at that time, I was a a fan of his. I'm not going to lie to you. I Um, I feel like Music Insiders, music magazines push that dude down our throats. Yeah. But that's not about. He's a talented guy. He knew what he was doing. But uh, going back to Wilco. That this album, uh, Summer Teeth, yeah. is easily top ten albums of all time for me. There you go. And I still and it says a lot about an artist when the Yankee Fox shot, all the albums subsequent or after that yeah. were amazing as well. And uh you would it would be interest it would have been interesting to see where this where the band would have gone if yeah. if Jay Bennett stayed in the band. Because they would have stayed true to their roots and uh and uh it would have been happy happiness. Much like Summer Teeth for you, my next song comes off an album that is one of my favorite start to finish albums. Uh, the namesake of this podcast, Paul, came allegedly. from a little band called Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> what are we talking what are we talking about here? I'm one of your best your biggest champions here in the music and setter <laughs> world. They haven't responded to our email. Uh, the promise ring, this is happiness is all the rage. I got my body and my mind on the same page And honey, now happiness is all the rage I got my body and my mind on the same page And honey, now happiness is all the rage Here we go the rage. Uh, What'd you think of this? I thought it was okay I'm not a huge Promise Ring fan But, uh, you know, I, I appreciate their hits this one i did i knew this song barely yeah. but uh yeah i mean it's it's a it's a good song what why, why is this on your list it's just like to me it's like one of those albums where which what's the name of this album do you know uh very emergency okay um there was a hit off that album too that kind of was bigger they got a couple maybe? songs on okay. there that, and they would get like they would pop up on like one of those like cw shows or a movie every once in a while and you can be like i hey, promise ring 
Um, but I, I just like from start to finish this whole album, like it was tough. Like I was just kind of like, what's a good one? What's a good one? But I thought that was just like the opening and everything. I think it's just great. Yeah. Promise Ring was one of those artists that uh, was up and coming in Chicago. You'd go see him at the Fireside Bowl or um, places. And, and they were really big with uh, with the kids a couple years younger than me. I yes. Think, which I felt like a, an old an older Promise Ring fan, even yeah. at the time. Because I was like in college and I felt like most of their right. fans were like high school. They were just, they came in right after what I, was my sweet spot yeah. of music. And I remember people would be like, you're not going to this? I'm like, ah, I'm going to go see the samples. Or I just love like power pop or punk pop, whatever you want to call it. And, it. and when it's good songwriting, when it's not all fucking cheesy, like hot topic shit. Like I think this is a little <laughs> more artistic than, you know. Well, they've grown on me mostly yeah. through you, and uh, the, the, and I think they're great. And uh, yeah, I, I, Alkaline Trail, same thing. These are these were artists that were that came after their peak came after my peak of music, and I, I appreciate it. But yeah, your yeah. next artist is an artist that <laughs> I have never gotten. I've always heard. I knew this was going to be. I'm going to be honest with you. This might have been one of the first full songs from this artist that I've ever listened to. This is uh, Rodeo Clowns by G Love and the Special Sauce featuring a young Jack Johnson. Yo, what's up? This is G Love coming at you live out here from California, even though I'm Philly born and bred. And I got my man Jack Johnson in the studio today. Shut up. Got out of my man Jack, tell him what time it is. <laughs> this might as well have been a Jack Johnson song in my mind. Well, he wrote it. Yeah. He has his own version of it. What is... Wait, hold on. Okay. This is the part that would fucking blow my mind every time. <laughs> three-piece okay. band on stage. Jack Johnson... Or, I'm sorry. G-Love and the Special Sauce was a three-piece project. Can you explain to me G-Love <laughs> and the Special Sauce? I know this you're is not... one of those bands where people are like, you love them, right? And I'm like, no. I just, you don't like funk. I've learned that about you no. through our friend Jonah. No. Because you, you, you often, often say that uh, our friend Jonah Jergens, who will never do this podcast, <laughs> I'd love to have him on. Good friend of, good friend of the pod. Love uh, to have him on. He he has really bad taste music, and then I talked to him about his music. I'm like, oh, that's not that bad. It's just like so. G Love had that feel good music that you know, if you got a good, I mean, it's frat rock. May I say, White Boy Magic. It, it is white boy magic. I, I would give it to you, but the concerts. I just this is like they play at a frat party or something. That's what I just said. It's frat rock. I, <sighs> I was a, I was in a fraternity at the time. It was a time where every song on this album just made you feel good, and you'd go to the concerts. And yes, everybody wore their baseball caps. I felt like this was a video on JBTV where I'd be like, <laughs> "Fuck this," and I'd fast forward. They'd be very bright and like. Just you know, it's so with funny. Fish eye lens they would use on the camera, and you'll G love. I gotta look up what this guy looks like and stuff. He's a tall guy. His name's Garrett. He's a tall, tall dude and a really nice guy. I've met him multiple times, and uh, I don't doubt he might be a nice guy. I'm just like he's a Philly guy like myself. So we uh, we've met in the most random situations, but for that generation, I mean, like he was. Um, he was a big part of uh, my group of friends' music. Like that's yeah. we went to the concerts when he come in town. It was one of those things where I was who, like, so Garrett who, Dutton who, is his name. Who are his? Like who's his crew? Like Jason Mraz and shit. No, he who's, was kind of more like uh, he was more into like R and B style okay. stuff. Um, it's funny because I thought um, he was that 
You ever the Are you Jimmy Ray? You know that song? Who wants to know? Who wants to know? Oh yeah, I Similar. thought that was like that style. He was G Love was under under the under the radar for a while, and then he got really big, and then for some reason he just never made to the next level. Yeah. And, and the people he collaborated with, like Jack Johnson stuff, did. Yeah. And then he had an album afterwards that was kind of average, but. For that group of my frat, my frat brothers and and my group of friends from this Oak Brook, this, this was our shit. And it was funny because later in life, I'd meet him in the most random places. The first time I met him, I was doing shows at the the hotel downtown. Uh, stayed oh shit, what's Virgin. it? The Vit, the Wit Hotel. Oh, okay. And we would do live music there, and he came there, and I got to meet him there, and he was super cool. We talked. Then two years later, oh, music shows. I thought you were doing music comedy. shows. Oh, this oh, is before okay. me. Oh, comedy. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, I was producing shows. I I wasn't playing anymore. I was producing shows, and he came out there, got to hang out with him, and uh, took a picture with him. Two years later, I'm at in Arizona mm-hmm. with my best friend Colby, and uh, and he's there. He's there performing. Uh, at the hotel they had like a baseball event for, for spring training yeah nobody came to see him it was like seven of us and my friend and i were in the front row oh wow and he's just like what do you guys want to hear and oh we hung out cool. with him he's tall my friend is tall so they hung out and he remembered our conversation <laughs> they had that tall dude connection and then fast forward to two years later i'm doing a festival music festival where i'm doing comedy he's doing music and we're backstage we're talking again and he remembered me i mean he's a cool dude nice. he, he talked but uh yeah g love is uh if you don't like funk and, and happiness, it's not going <laughs> to. Well, especially in 99, I didn't like either. So yeah, it, uh, that might, um, that it was might, a big that might thing. have something to do with it. If you saw him in concert, I think you'd appreciate that. He, you know, he had the three piece producing all this music. He had an upright uh, bassist and a drummer who was just, you know, in the pocket. They were great. Yeah. And he'd play guitar and harmony, har- harmonica. It was awesome. I feel like, uh, yeah, 99 was probably the perfect time for a dude like that. Yeah. You know? Because there were a lot of those like, I like Sublime, but there's no Sublime anymore, and it's kind of like I wouldn't compare him to. I'm not saying that in a in a in a musical way. I'm just saying he sort of fit that the the you know white boy funk, white boy soul, white boy. You know what I mean? Just kind of like you know where it's like philadelphonic is what they call it. Oh, what he calls it. But I just think there is that you know, and that's where your John Mayer kind of. You know, John Mayer was in funk. He was pure. I pop. know, but like to the average person, it's just like that's the that's the, if we have to throw people in bins, that's the bin. It's funny because in. you have this appreciation of R and B hip hop, and then you have this this you know power pop trio stuff that you like. Yeah, if you mesh those together, you have. <sighs> I mean, I'm just being honest, and you kind of like you have the separate separate styles know, of music. Sometimes I just see it. And I'm just, I just, I don't know if it's like, it just, to me, it doesn't have like, not teeth. I don't know. It just doesn't grab me. It just feels like, okay. Like it should just, to me, this is just music that plays at PacSun back in 99. (laughs) To me, I think that this is just feel good music. Typically I like songs with good lyrics, but these are songs that he has a song in this album that's just about... You know, I feel like the manager at PacSun was playing all new metal all morning and afternoon, and then the the assistant manager came and they were like, "I'm gonna put on, I gotta get mellow," and it would be like this, Jack Johnson. Um, There's a song we'll we'll play on the outro, I think, where G Love was just it's just kind of like a it's an it's a nod to Prince, a darling Nikki, okay. that I think that maybe you'll appreciate. But you know, hey, I, I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll fall in love with G Love. 
but uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, what know. what what do we got next on your list? Ah, uh, coming up next, another one of those CDs that were in the car. I can just see it right. Ah, uh, I love this. Uh, this is the Get Up Kids with Ten Minutes. A great song to play as you're either entering Milwaukee or Chicago. So this is a band uh, I didn't really get into, but I really liked this song. I, yeah. I thought it was really cool. Uh, they were, again, that generation after us that got really big, and they had a lot of hits. Yeah. How did you How did you learn about them? Or uh, I think it was a compilation CD. Um, this was the that era of, like, a, you get compilation oh, CDs right. either uh, at record stores with music magazines um which music i would i'm trying to think of what i felt like there were a lot of um alternative press sometimes would maybe give some music out um there were just i don't know i just felt like there was like these compilation cds everywhere um you know at record shops and i I almost like i was a big sucker for these because they would be like 7.99 7.99 20 songs 20 plus songs double cds sometimes yeah so um that and then i remember um four minute mile was like an old i think like an, an ep that you just kind of see in like music art magazine articles and you know bands you know talking about them or whatever um and then i just kind of uh this album, like before this album came out, it was getting a lot of like, yo, this is going to be a big album. Bought it, loved it. And, uh, just, you know, the music magazines I was reading at the time, this is when alternative press was still kind of yeah. like a Rolling Stone ish magazine. I was looking them up to see how I knew them. They're from Kansas city, yes, but they would play with a band called braid and champagne. Yeah. Who at the time braid was huge. Yeah. That, they had like the big emo. See, Braid, were those type of bands were like, I couldn't get into them because they were too, they weren't fun. Too poppy? No, they weren't poppy enough for me. Braid? I don't know about Braid, but like... Um, Braid like, was pretty poppy. I there were just say. some where I was like, they, for whatever reason, like um, Sunny Day Real Estate, I just, I couldn't like, it just uh-huh. felt a little, like I like a little more pep, like as you can see with both Promise Ring and Get Up Kids, like I need a little, a little more pep. Yeah. You know, there was like that, there were just a lot of those bands, like American football and stuff, where I'm like, well, I like these other bands. Everyone says I should check this out. And it would just I be love like, American football. it would just be so, uh, but you like the, you'd work out to American football. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's your, I actually that's do. A, your wheelhouse. That was one of my songs that I wrote, yeah. the new one. But yeah, I, uh, I think this is a good song. I'm not like, uh, but it's consistent with your brand. So yes. I'll, I'll give it to you. Yes. Um, my next song is definitely consistent with my brand. Uh, and this is the beginning of me loving singer, female singer-songwriters. Pass in Time, Beth Orton. This is a... Well... This is great. Man. This is a story song. Yeah. So much this unknown till the time has come. Ah, this song is... Um, this whole album is Central Reservation 
She wrote, I think after the death of her mom, and this song is obviously about losing someone. I had lost one of my closest friends at the time, and I would just listen to this song on repeat. And the whole album, I mean, it's such a, it's such a moving song on so many levels, and her voice is so amazing. Yeah. Um, she was another f- big favorite of the music magazines. Yeah. I, I'm shocked that she didn't get as big as she was. She did an album with Ryan Adams producing her. Yeah. Which I was shocked when all that shit was happening to your boy, Ryan Adams. <laughs> your um, boy, my dude. Yeah. My guy. Um, she didn't come out one way or the other, hey. which is deafening in some ways. But wow. I know that he was. she was on his radar and they produced an album together or worked on stuff together later. But she, she, I remember seeing her in concert and just being blown away. She's got this angelic voice and the singer, the songwriting on these songs were amazing. Yeah, I I do remember. You like this song? You'd love it. Yeah, it's great. Um, Was it? It was a deep cut on the album. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome, and it's like it's a it's a great song. But I do remember more than anything. I remember just like the music magazines, just loving her and hyping her up, and I and and preparing this. list i went through the billboard and all that stuff and and it was on it was a she was a darling of the music press for sure people had this album on the list and as it should be it was one of the greatest albums in my opinion she had a an album before that that got a lot of press and this was the the sophomore album and uh you know obviously that's usually a a a hard people it's hard to overcome but lover beth orton um yeah, miss her stuff. I don't think she's done a lot of new stuff, but I could be wrong. Yeah, and then, uh, uh, yeah, I just it was one of those where super. I I think I feel like there's a, a handful of artists that I got mixed up. There's this there's an artist named Sarah Hamer who has a great song called Basement Apartment. I I was and that was like again it was like ninety eight or something. I wish I could have put it on my list. Um, but yeah, just like there there just seems to be. I wonder how that feels when you're like clearly like. All the critics love you, but you're just not getting the like mainstream. You know, not saying she did or didn't. I'm just saying she. Like, no, she definitely didn't. I remember I mean, how many she times never got to the do next you level. feel like you're just like I remember back in the day, like with with Rolling Stone. It was like I get it. You really want me to listen to Jackson Brown? I don't. I'm not. <laughs> but you really want me to listen to Jackson Brown? Like they. I feel like Rolling Stone was like Jackson Brown's like one of the greatest of all time, and I was just like okay. But I'm just I'm not. I there's a block for some reason. Yeah. I think you just have a rebel. Uh, I don't want to be told streak. what to do. Yeah, maybe. I think that's why. But I, don't know. I agree with you. I, I think that she was a darling, and I think it's shocking that she didn't get bigger. But you know, some of that stuff, like same thing with comedy. Like you think about it, you're like, wow, that guy's the funniest person yeah. I know. And then you wonder if they get in their own way. You know, there's yeah. so many. You surround yourself with the wrong manager or talent, or you know, there's so many things that can affect why you don't break it to the next level or maybe she just didn't want to hey she's like uh you know those europeans they don't they take siestas at two o'clock they don't care i take siestas at two o'clock uh <laughs> so uh it's looking like we're gonna do a two-parter here how are we doing on I don't time know. we're okay Should on we just time? keep going yeah let's just keep going all right uh my next song is just a a real fun one this is uh this is off of a an album uh, called 69 Love Songs where they legit did a three album, 69 Love Songs, songs about love. Uh, the Magnetic Fields, I Don't Want to Get Over You. Oops. I 
I love this song. Yeah, baby. This is my favorite song on this your mix. Great. This is a great song. Uh, there were a couple that I was like, oh man, I could do that one. I, I didn't know that. this I song. I could do that one. I, I never heard one. this song. Uh, Papa, was a rolling, Papa Was a Rodeo's on there too. I think I know that song, but yeah. I like I like them. Uh, I like his voice. It's kind of like a national-esque, but, um, but uh, yeah, I like this song a lot. This was, this was a good pickup. It's, it's, it made my mix. Yeah, I took it. It's uh, it made my mix my legendary song set mix. of albums or whatever. It's just it's just like this giant. You know, you got your three disc and the idea of writing sixty nine love songs is just funny to me. Oh, oh that's true. That that's what they did. It's a legit three album. Oh wow! Yeah, it's you. It's a, a triple. How did album. you hear about these guys? Is this one because like music I, mags? Okay, yeah, music mags. I think because I never, I never heard about. I mean, I heard the name, but I didn't yeah. know any songs. Then I went back. I'm like, oh, I know this, the Papa song. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I didn't know anything else about them. It to me, it was like I always liked bands like Cake. You know what I mean? Like love Cake, and I felt like this is like a more grown up Cake. Okay. You know where it's yeah. like. Less. The lead singer does not have the greatest voice, but it's not really about that. It's about the music and uh, and just a cool like vibe, yeah. you know. And um, yeah, to me, you know, being a kid in in Indiana and, and Wisconsin, you know, I felt like this is probably what they play at like cool coffee shops in like New York or L.A. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. I was like, and that was like important to me, I guess. Like, I wanted to be on the cusp of cool music, and when I heard this, I was like. Who is this guy? Because some of the songs are just real weird. So, like, this was stuff that, and a lot of the stuff on your list, uh, I mean, other than the the opener and closer, are songs that you wouldn't hear on mainstream radio. Uh, most of it I got from, like I said, music mags, music blogs, right. uh, JBTV, um, just a lot of those, you know, uh, ways to get sort of, yeah, like, I felt like Alternative Press was, like, a pretty good spin. You know, I'd get spin. Rolling Stone, Alternative Press, Maximum Rock and Roll. Um, and then there were a lot of, you, if you went to Barnes & Noble back in the day or Borders, they would have like almost like zines. Like you could get. Oh, yeah. They had a whole section. I remember one time I bought an out. I bought a zine. Of, of Music Max, yeah. It was called Where's the Beef. It came with a CD. Big reason why I bought it. And it was just like, it was legit just a zine. Um, I remember they had a picture of Billy Corgan's head put on like a, a like a, a male porn star's body with his like dong out, and it was like despite all my rage, and it was like very funny, um, <laughs> and and just yeah, like there's still some of those songs on that album where I'm like, fuck, that was on there, that was on there, that was yeah. on there, uh, and and I heard this and I was just like, whoa, this is weird, and you know, I would like cherry pick the best songs. Did you ever go back on? So like when I was cleaning out for COVID, I found some CDs. Did you ever go back and look at the CDs, those compilation CDs? And you're like, holy shit. Like yeah. all these acts are yeah. huge now. Like, and if find- you, I was, I don't know what I was, I was listening to some, either an interview or, or who it was, but it was basically like one of those bands. And it was just like, kind of like a, a pop punk type of band. And they were just like, anytime a compilation was like, do you have a song? They'd be like, uh, I'll find something or I'll yeah. fucking do one today and send it to you. Like, right. cause they knew how important that was. And also it was just like, they knew they weren't going to get rich. They knew no one was going to get rich on the deal, but it was like the best advertising Exposure. they could get. Yeah. There was aware records had the compilations for the, you know, the mainstream rock stuff and, and getting our bands on that was the bi- biggest things. They'd be like, okay, you have two weeks mm-hmm. to get us a song. And we like, 
we'd be like, let's do a new version. We don't want the yeah. stuff because you already hate your music yeah. from two years ago. And anytime too, there's certain, um, you know, there's certain like books or albums or movies where it's like you haven't you haven't want and it's like this. I feel like with some music heads where it's just like, oh, sixty nine love songs. Like yeah, you, you got it. It's got to be part of your collection or whatever. Good song. Yeah, there's a lot of good songs good on there. I mean, obviously they're not all great. But uh, but the good ones are good. <laughs> the good ones are good. How about what percentage of the sixty nine would you say are good? I'm saying if you cherry picked and made one album, it would be <laughs> perfect. I feel like that's they probably had a pro, that's they would have been bigger if they listened to their if their uh, <laughs> if the I would have told guy them, if I would have like, told like my Oasis dream <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys yeah. one album you're gonna be famous guys but I don't think but I don't album. I don't I mean like you and I both like this song yeah I, th- it's a great I think song. if you played the song for someone else they might go what is like what is this yeah. like what is it is this like a halloween song like a what is this i think people that like the national would like his voice i think it's very yeah. similar to that and that's so- that style of music it's but i feel little... like this is a little more sarcastic or like sardonic like i think there's like a there's a okay an edge to this biting that isn't like just like how am i ever going to get over you it's just like you know, like hey, I could do all that stuff, but I don't want to get over you. Yeah. I, just, I just think it's a great song. And to, to be like heartbroken at the time and listen to this too. I was, sure. I was having a hard time getting over my ex. Sure. So I would listen to songs like this. and just like, no, I don't want to get over you. I'd rather just, you know, <laughs> be miserable, be miserable and still in love with you. Even though you're, you know, at Indiana university <laughs> with another dude. <laughs> well, speaking of artists that have bad breakups and talk about it, uh, before there was Taylor Swift, there was Fiona Apple. Yeah. And she was the best. Uh, yeah. Play it in the old chat. My next song is, oh man, this is from the album that had too many words. When yeah, the pawn right. fits, when the pawn hits, paper bag, Fiona Apple. That waltzy mm-hmm. beat, you know she was, they were probably telling her, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Out. And she's like, fuck you. I'm yeah. Do you, do, what, uh, what's your thoughts on Fiona Apple? We've never so, talked about her. We really haven't. Um, super talented. Super talented. Uh, and again, how young is she when she's put on set? Like 19? <laughs> Pretty young. Well, this was her, this was title was the first album. This okay. is the, the follow up. Yeah. Okay. So maybe 20, 20s. 21. Um, and just like whoa excuse me uh just the perfect combo of great music but also like a great celebrity like in in contrast wanting to be yeah but important because you had your britney spears christina aguilera right and then it was so man she oh that's right she She got done so dirty with that mtv speech wow it was canceled her before there was cancellation i mean it just made her a joke it didn't cancel it made her a joke which is like crazy because these grown men were like, what an idiot. It's like, listen to it now. And it's like, she's it's, right. Everything was right. <laughs> everything she said was right. Uh, history did her wrong. Um, but no, this is like music. And she's still putting out great music. The album, la- like, this album this year is one of the best. It just shows you. It's yeah. like, she's, because here's what happens. Like 20 years later. Yeah. I just watched uh, Todd in the Shadows, a YouTuber who's very good. He does uh, a, a, a series called Trainwrecked about a whole album that just is bad. And there's a um, 
Liz Fair album he talks about, and she's just out of touch. It's this like unreleased. No, it's just a weird. Oh, okay. uh, And she's like mad at the record labels, and she's doing these weird songs, and she's like rapping. It's so embarrassing. It's just, it's so bad. But then you hear the like someone like Fiona Apple, and then you hear her stuff now, and you're just like, just never like some people just lose it. They have it for a little while, and then they just lose it, and. But with her, it's like her whole career, it's just like very interesting. And the idea that she was kind of like, I'm going to take this, I'm going to make this claim about fame and stuff. And then I'm going to actually follow it up by just kind of bowing out and not trying to play the game. Very interesting. Well, I saw her in concert uh, and it was, it was crazy just being, I was up front and I'd see her and you could see that she's like, it was her and the strokes together. Yeah. And uh, it was the strokes were on the way up and she was on the way down. And I just remember looking at her and just being like, wow, like she's like tortured. She yeah. has, these are songs that are so personal. Yeah. But um, Paper Bag was one of those songs where I remember I hated it when I first listened to it. And then I, then we covered it in, in my band Karma Tease and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This song is so brilliant. I mean, the shit that she pulled off yeah. ahead of her time, like, that whole album and and all of her stuff for that matter is so ahead of her time yeah that she doesn't get the praise that she deserves and i know when her new album came out i didn't really like it at first too it's one of those things where you just you got to keep listening to you're like yeah oh that's what she's saying or that's what she's doing i she's read so smart uh Mar- marilyn manson's biography and uh he written in blood no I, no, I think it's called like the long strange no, road I just or something like, yeah oh written in blood yeah and um and he talks he talks about uh, at the end, it's like, okay, now he's famous and he's going to all these parties and meeting all these famous people. And some people are like fascinated with them. Some people are, you know, scared of him, blah, blah, blah. But he mentions like seeing her at like, I think it might have been like Howard Stern's private parts premiere party or something. And he's like, I knew she was real young. So I was kind of like, I don't know if I should even mess with her or whatever. But I mean, I think he like sat down to talk to her and he's like, yeah, this is the weirdest part. Like, she's such a weirdo. And she just like left her. It's like she was going to be his date or something. And he like brought her. And then she was just like so weird. And he was just like, uh, okay. She's like, I'm going to yeah, go. And I mean, like, yeah, okay. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. You watch that video, Criminal. And I remember when that came out, I was like, holy shit. Oh, like, this baby. is ahead of her. Yeah, that it was, was weird. Hot. It felt like, it felt that weird. felt like it Child didn't belong born. on MTV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt very like, Ooh, what? Yeah, but this video, I went back and I forgot that she did a video for did this. Did you say child porn? <laughs> it felt like child porn. I mean, it felt like. Because she was so young. It felt that. But I mean, I was, we were her same age so it didn't feel like child porn it felt like yeah okay but also what i thought it felt uh like dirtier and grainier right. and like i mean all the people in it were beautiful but like it was darker and it felt it didn't feel like so i mean you get your your like you know christine aguilera britney spears but it's like yeah they're in their underwear and they're rolling around in bed but with this it was like it was like, but it was like, yo, this is like a creepy old house, and it this feels like the day just after like a coke. Bench. Everyone's coked yeah. out, yeah, and it was like that heroin chic era too, right. and stuff, and it was it was interesting. She this this video though, you go back and watch it, it's like classy, and they're like dancing around in a yeah. wall. It's almost like she's mocking. She was like, okay, I'll try, I'll 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 play your game, yeah, you know Hollywood, um, but it, she. The new album that came out, I know a lot of people, darling, people are praising it as the greatest album of the year. I don't know I'd go that far. But to be able to come back with that album, you know, what, 20 year, 21 years later, 
just shows you how talented she is and uh she doesn't get the praise she deserves yeah so good but, call but on the other side of that we have your next song all right man <laughs> sometimes music is all that stuff you said <laughs> and then other times it's so dumb and just so like just stupid but fun and uh, that's my last song. Again, I book I bookmarked it with Eminem. My name is. Uh, I feel like these are, are if you're doing a, a double feature, this is a, a good double feature. You know, it's like sometimes it's like, oh, they're gonna play, you know, they're gonna play Predator and They Live. Well, what a what a combo. Here's another <laughs> great combo. Uh, this is uh, the Bad Touch by the Bloodhound Gang. Uh, well, now we call this the act of mating, <laughs> but. There are several other very important differences between human beings and animals. Off of the Hooray for Boobies album. Uh, I saw this video and I was like, man, this is this is just fun. And I mean, Jackass was all the rage. It was funny. <laughs> My girlfriend, uh, Sarah, was like, she had read something where if you dip your balls in soy sauce, you can actually like taste it in your mouth. What? There's, there's some... There's some what does that have to Some, do with anything? Well, she goes, would you try that? And I go, I was a teenager in my early 20s in the late 90s. I'm like, I did a, I did enough dumb stuff with my balls. Like, I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? Because I just feel like this was that era of just like dumb stupidity. jackass stupidity so, stuff. Like, let's let's put a mousetrap on our dong and all this dumb shit like or whatever. They do on the Discovery Channel. That, uh, and I just felt like this was like the theme song of that just dumbness. I, first of all, I want to, before I make my statement, I, yeah. I will say that this song is probably the worst song you've ever picked on anything. But I, I think you have to play it with the video, too. I think I the video is a big part. They're all dressed please, like monkeys. They're running please around. Please don't try to. They're, they're kidnapping don't mimes. Don't try to justify. <laughs> I mean, I, there's country stuff that you've introduced me to that I've come to see the other side of. Uh-huh. But this is something that, like, to me, at the time, I was so into the music industry, both the performing, yes. producing, uh, yes. and the business aspect of it. And I felt like these assholes, the Bloodhound Gang, Jimmy Pop and were the crew. mocking the industry. It was sure. almost like they were saying, fuck you, we're going to make fake songs. They're yeah. not real. No. You guys are talking about real things yeah. that are affecting you. Um, you're writing love songs. You're writing about death. You're writing about broke up. We're just going to talk about fucking yeah. and make fun of the whole industry. Yeah. And make fun of anybody who doesn't like us or who yeah. talks shit about us. I mean, they were like, they were like the, the Trumpers of the nineties. Um, I, I, I would say they're like the annoying, like YouTubers or Logan Pauls or something. Yes, they're like the Logan Paul of the, of the nineties. They yeah. were the precursor but I, to everything that's bad about social media. Right but now. again, it's like a lot of this, all music I think is sort of like a response to, sure. The, you know, and I know the, it's the, supposed the, to be the scale slides happy. back and sure, forth. I know. So it's like in the, you, you were getting away or we're, we're, you know, three, four, five years removed from grunge. Very serious. You know? Sure. So you got your grunge in 94, 95, yeah. whatever. Yeah, no, I agree so with there, that. So there's that. Then you got your all your uh, boy bands and the pop princesses. Sure. Um, you know, and it's just like, hip-hop was becoming the, the world's biggest, most popular form of music. And, you know, the there's bands like the Bloodhound Gang who are like, we like, you know, there's kind of like a, a punk aspect to it. Like Beastie Boys, there's a punk aspect to it, and then there's the and then there's Boys, the hip hop, and it's like, what are we gonna? No. What are what are these guys gonna rap about? No. Like, how hard it is? Compare these guys to the Beastie. No, Boys. no, no. I'm saying, you know how you know they say like uh, there'll be like 
on that uh, ongoing history of new music. Yes. He'll great be podcast. like, you can't listen to them and not think they were fans of blank. If you took 10 music insiders and put yes. them in a room yes. and uh, and said, give us your albums of 1999. Yes. And you don't you, think Hooray for Boobies would be on it? You and me would be in the room and then eight of these other music sure. insiders. And you told them that this was on your list. I'd have yeah. to be like, sorry, guys. Like, I didn't know. Like, I'd be, I'd be apologizing to... To people for bringing you into the music <laughs> insider club, but also uh, these would be the the people who these okay. Listen, do you, you understand what yes. you're doing to your credibility right now? But also these are the if you want to use another correlation, these are the uh, these are the reporters or the pundits who can't understand why people voted for Trump right. or whatever. No. They don't understand that, look, not all music is going to be the Eagles or whoever the <laughs> shit, you know, these these critics love. Like, sometimes, like, and again, this is my, li- like, party music is just like, sure. fuck yeah, dude. I And and it's, it's dumb, it's crude, but it's like, I, I sometimes I like that. You're I the like music party insider music. for the people. For the... For the people from for the people who shotgun beers, yeah, yes, I am, um, and it's like I'm, there's just sometimes there's just songs that are just like, yeah, this might not be the fun, the like the <laughs> smartest song, or it's like you know, like I I think there's a oh, lot it's not of, a like, mic, it's it definitely sure, isn't sure, there's no, but it's mic. like you know, there's like some music critics who are just like blah 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 blah, blah. it's like, but like come on, some of that was fun music, you know what I mean? Like it, I don't know, did they do? Was it Bloodhound Gang that did the cover of? Uh, of uh, the boys in the hood? No, that was Dynamite Hack. Dynamite Hack. So when I did have Napster, yeah. my version said it was Blood. Sure, okay? which but, is a common. Sure, we've talked about that. A common Napster occurrence. At least with that Dynamite Hack, they yeah. were bringing something to the table where they were bringing an interpretation yeah. of a song. Yes, this song makes you dumber. For but also, to. this song and the video proved too. that they're not one hit wonders. You know, they had fire, water, burn. They had the, the, the they have roof. A cover the roof, too the roof is on like, fire. Oh, I'm thinking um, of Alien App Farm. Yes, Smooth Criminal. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this just showed, like, I guess these guys are sticking around at least yeah. for another cycle. So when you when we have to appear before the board of yes. insiders, you yes. will have to... You know this is the song that they're going to be like, sure, oh, sure. Like, this guy really yeah. shit the bed on And I can... One. My cousin Vinny my way into going, <laughs> all right, he's got it. <laughs> Like fair enough. My love for Ryan Adams and my, um, you know, the sissy rock songs that I pick. Yeah, I have to. I have to justify that. Give me, but uh, Bloodhound Gang over G Love and Special Sauce. Oh, I think it'd be a lot easier. I think. I think Music Insiders would would judge us both for those. And for if if I had to decide between who would get the most, I mean, I could sit down when I'm making these mixes. I could either sit down and be like, well, I should definitely pick this song because <laughs> this is the best song of the album of the year. This one, the yeah. Grabby. Or I can go, these are the songs that I genuinely listen to. Be your real like. person. Be your best self no of choice. 1999. I have no choice. Um, I understand. You know. And, but back and, then, you didn't know you were going to be a music insider to evolve into the person you are today. But again, I'm but a, what I am a man me. of the people. <laughs> I like good, bad movies. I like watching shitty movies that are fun. I like this is like fast food music. Right. This is the Taco Bell of music. And you know what? I like the, you know, what's that new? The stacker or whatever they have at Taco Bell. I love it. I can't get enough of it. It's yeah. so good. And, I, uh, I just I find that in the year where there was so much music, you could have just used this as a footnote and been like, hey, I was gonna put this on, but you know, I knew better as an insider. Well, I was gonna You're do, leaning into I it. was gonna do like a a fake list. Yeah. You know, of Limp Biscuit, of this, of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. 
And, uh, you know, I don't Come know. Come on as a character. I'm, I'm shocked you didn't have uh, early Foo Fighters. Uh, no, I was. I didn't get into Foo Fighters. Or um, you know what song I thought you were gonna have on there? That filter. You, you oh. take my picture. Uh, that wasn't from. I think that was from ninety. No, I was ninety nine. Okay. That was ninety nine. It wouldn't have made the list. I had, it was a tough pick. And and, and my last song was uh, the one that I I because you gave me so much shit for uh, starting and ending yes. songs rough. So I thought I was gonna end with Rage Against the Machine. Sleep. Um, sleep now in the fire but yes. uh, i went with video directed by michael moore oh is that right yes i believe oh it's such a good video too. Yes. the best part of the video is you watch the cops kind of like secretly enjoying them on the roof but here's right. rhythm and blues alibi by gomez you can sell your soul and lay the blame all on the passersby this was a band who had multiple singers gomez man they they're the insiders band so i felt like this was a a band that everyone was like you gotta like gomez right and uh i think i bought one of these albums and i i tried to give it a go and um I think I like there's got to be some Gomez songs that I remember from back in the day but uh it was just kind of like I don't know I just couldn't get into it this is the part that I I used to love when I'd see him in turn concert up a little bit, too turn up a little bit. here I'm turning it down to turn it up to for legal purposes yes, here it yes, goes yes. this guy's voice was fucking so cool yeah Super nice guys. I got to meet them once, but they all have like accents. You're like, oh, I didn't know that you were. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, Gomez was one of those bands that uh, I thought were going to be. They, they just celebrated their 20 year anniversary on one of these albums. And yeah. You're like, wow, nobody's. To me, they're on they're that list. They're on that list of bands that I was like, I'm supposed to like these guys. You know, yeah. Bell and Sebastian, Gomez. Um, Do you think Jets that to were... Brazil? But I did and get up getting in. I did end up getting into Jets to Brazil. Um, you thought you thought that everyone was pushing this down your throat? I not down I my throat, but I just thought people were like, "Oh, you would like this," yeah. like like other people who who knew about good music. See, I thought like G Love and Gomez were art were bands that uh, that magazines and stuff kind of shit on. They're like, oh, "This is like frat rock." Really? Yeah, that's how I felt. Maybe not Gomez so much, but like I just I remember being like, "These guys should be way bigger." They're not getting. They're not getting the love they deserve because you go to their concerts and it wasn't it wasn't full. But were like, you? They had their diehard fans. Were you one of those guys in '99 who didn't want your fans to, or you didn't want your bands to blow up too much? Or were you kind of like, wow, yeah, they're doing it? I think that I, I kind of depended on the situation if I was invested in it or not. I, I kind of was selfish in the sense where I wanted Wilco to bands like Wilco to be like always playing the Vic Theater. Okay, but then you know when they got big, I was like. As they should, you know. Yeah, I mean, it would it would just kind of like Blink One Eighty Two. I remember uh, seeing that music video, hearing some of their old songs, and then they blew up. That was like the one band I would say that was the biggest for me. Uh, like knowing a band and then watching them blow up to be yeah, the biggest. that was the coolest. Uh, that was wild. That was like, oh my god, that's yeah, the dudes who I who I saw at the Warp Tour who like could kind of really not play their instruments yeah. very well. And um, 
Yeah, just like crazy shit. It was just it was like, cool oh to see God. that as well. But it was cool to be like, yeah, I saw Pearl Jam at you know. Yeah, sure but I mean, it is it is wild to uh, uh, to see that and to see just like you know, oh man, uh, what is this? You know, um, but yeah, when you would get uh, see a band like blow up or whatever, but I just yeah, there are those bands that were just like always on the cusp, and I think Gomez was was one of them. But they were weird too because it was kind of like. They couldn't get their stuff on like MTV or VH1. They had songs that were too long. They couldn't get on radio play because yeah. they they were one of those bands that had so many songs that were like six minutes long. Or yeah, but you're right. Um, yeah. What are you gonna do? Oh, the Liz Fair album I was talking about was called Fun Style from uh, 2014. It's so weird, man. Uh, I'm gonna play. I'll 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 play it now because I want to go out on this. the G Love song that I was telling you about. That this is Liz Fair. Oh, I remember this album. This is so weird. I was tripping looking at my portfolio. Wondering how I was going to make enough dough, you know. Caught up a friend who wrote for One Tree Hill in Jericho. He had a job me. Doesn't this hurt your soul? She didn't talk about it in her book. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's our list, guys. If you agreed, if you want to chime in on on our insider status, if if you are an insider and you want to discuss... Revoking memberships of any of us. Listen, listen. Paul Marty makes at gmail.com. I will I, defend my friend Marty. To I stand the, to the firm end. that I'm a man of the people, insider for the folks. And uh, you know that's just that's just how it's going to have to be. <laughs> We're going to go out um, on Ooh, the song Paul's called playing. "Kick Drum" by G Love, which was right. fun to play. All right, let's see, let's see what and I... leans into the fact that they were frat rock. Okay, but um, it's '99. We're partying. Got some hot knives on the stove. Champagne Urbana. Just shotgunned a couple beers out back. Smoked a doobie. Smoked ourselves. Silly. <laughs> okay. I just feel like go all out and be the Bloodhound Gang. You know what I mean? You know you want to. You know That's he watches that for. video and he's like, I wish I was as brave as Jimmy Papa Lee. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to Thanks, another everybody. edition. Make us a mixtape. <laughs>